Welcome to the Motivational Firewood Radio Show, hosted by keynote speaker, author, and vision board mastery creator, Steve Gamlin. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey there, my friend. Steve Gamlin here. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Motivational Firewood Radio Show. What is my favorite thing to do in the world? Find cool people and talk to them on the show and have a conversation. And the way I explain it all the time, it's like we're just two old friends hanging out, sharing a microphone. And if you really dig what we're saying, you're going to hang out in the front yard and listen, take notes, and take some actionable strategies home with you. And you're going to put them into effect in your life, in your business, in your relationships, and you're going to grow from there. Today's guest, actually, according to his bio, today's memorable guest, and I love that he refers <laughs> to himself in this way. His name is Adam Homey, and Adam is a speaker an author, a trainer, and a consultant. He's got nearly 20 years experience helping business creators like so much of my audience, my entrepreneurs and my self-employed and my visionary people. He helps people like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion, super important word in my vocabulary, while making a difference in your community, your market, and your audience. Adam is also the author of Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. I got to ask about that. He was a contributing author to Journeys to Success, the Millennial Edition. Both these books have been Amazon bestsellers. Adam has spoken on stages around the world. and He's a sought after expert on podcasting for entrepreneurs, which is how he and I met. So Adam, welcome to the Motivational Firewood Radio Show. Steve, I got to tell you, I've lived in Las Vegas for about eight years now. I used to live in uh, southwestern Pennsylvania. I grew up in a rural area. You know what I could go for right now? Uh, since we're talking about firewood, a good bonfire. Yes. But you don't have many of those in Las Vegas due to the fact we're in the middle of the desert. <laughs> I've been in Las Vegas uh, during very yeah. hot times before. A bonfire would probably cool down your yard. Precisely. That's exactly yeah. what it would do. But the problem is because it's so dry. There are a lot of ordinances when it comes to that. They're very strict about it due to the possibility it could start a wildfire. Yeah, we don't want to be doing that. No, uh, we don't. And actually, our neighbors had a bonfire a couple of weeks ago, and I just sat out on our deck and just kind of prayed for the breeze to come our way. It smelled so dang good. I actually told ah. them that the next day. I said, anytime you want to have a bonfire, you just spark it up, and we're good. You know, you know for what, for what it's worth, I used to have these neighbors downstairs. It could be annoying because they would turn their stereo too loud, and I had to keep uh, telling them to please turn it down. But mm -hmm. they made up for it by sitting out on their balcony, which is right below my balcony, and uh, with their oregano. Free contact highs. <laughs> wow. Turn off the ceiling fan, honey. The neighbors are, <laughs> neighbors are sparking up. Yeah. So, Adam, tell me about your background, especially with regard to the podcasting, because you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people were stuck at home. I saw I think I saw more people in the past 15, 16 months say, oh, I need to be doing a podcast, but then not knowing how to do it or doing it very poorly and not yeah. seeking out ways to do it better. So how did you first get into podcasting and you know, kind of how did you get your start? OK, when I first started my business. I caught on pretty early to the idea of filming something on Camtasia, making a video of it and putting on a web page. So I started that pretty early. And I used to do Monday marketing moments and Tuesday tech tips. 
I never got to Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday because at that point I was pretty much done. At any rate, at any rate, uh, around 2012, even though I know it had been around for a while and I'd already been guesting, I got the idea of maybe starting my own podcast. So at the end of at the end of 2012, I was paid to teach a course to a group of entrepreneurs on how to build a website using WordPress. I needed a demo. So I decided, oh, okay, I'm going to put up a website on a domain, businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Nine months later, I came back to the project, launched it, uh, got myself on the new and noteworthy, I always mix up that name, within 24 hours of submitting my RSS feed, except, oh, I didn't have episodes. So yeah, I kind of went head first. Now today, the Business Creators Radio Show is one of the longest continuously running weekly entrepreneurial podcasts on the air today. Every week without a break, every Tuesday since then, and for a while we were doing Tuesday and Thursday because there were so many guests that we wanted to interview. Around that same time, I was involved in the launch of one of the first agencies to make the host guest connection within the entrepreneurial space. And in fact, I was its first paying client. Uh, With some of our consulting clients, we got involved in launching their podcast as well. I developed my own methodologies for the avatar branding, the show branding, the design, the show flow, how to design a process that requires little to no editing of your raw product. And over time, that coalesced in what's today known as the podcast reach system, which we initiated about, I mean, by that name, it's relatively young. It's about seven months old at this point, Mm -hmm. but the methodology has been there and we've used it with several of our clients over the past, I want to say, two years. The first of the websites, which we called the Reacher websites, went on the air on July 1st, 2019. So let's say about two years at this point. And that was really just bringing together methodology you've been working on for years. And you probably, for, for anybody that might be listening that is saying, well, I'm thinking of maybe starting a podcast or somebody told me I need to start a podcast. Yeah. Might be overwhelmed as hell right now thinking, oh my God, there's a methodology to this. Yeah. What do I have to get? What do I have to start with? And of course, you and I know there are people out there that are scaring people to death saying, well, you need this expensive microphone and this expensive this and this and this. <sighs> methodology aside, how can people get started? And, and how can they you know, go through your program or take your course or learn more from you as well to take some of the stress and pressure off and get them to understand, yes, they can start a podcast. Yes, they have something important to share with the world, but they're so scared of how to do it. What are the early basic steps for somebody maybe going through the reach program or Mm -hmm. just something that you would advise for people to get started so they can get confident and big enough to actually need you and and then be able to really do the work. All right. First of all, let's do a couple quick mindset resets. And I'm going to go through this fairly quickly for the principle for the reasons of time. Uh, We cover this comprehensively inside our reach system curriculum. One of the things I urge people to do is to look at the idea of getting listeners and downloads as a result rather than as a goal. Uh, Because when you look at it as a goal, well, what are listeners and downloads theoretically good for anyway? Are the listeners even paying attention? When somebody downloads an episode, did they ever click play on it? So to me, those are not only vanity metrics, they're also false metrics. I like to say that there is only one listener. Let me me ask you this. Um, Steve, on this episode that you and I are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Who, who's the most important listener? Oh gosh. Who is the most important listener? Yeah. Well, my mom would say she is. She would say, she would say that. And 
I'm certain, just based on knowing her son and having his, her son as a friend of mine, she's a wonderful woman, but I'm your most important listener. Yeah. Here's why. And you're, and you're also my most important listener, so it's a mutual thing. Mm-hmm. You may have 10,000 people stream this episode. I may share this to all my networks, and I may deliver you hundreds or even thousands of people who tune, in, who tune into all their parts of it. But between you and me, we are the only two people on this call who are guaranteed to not only be here the, other time, the entire time, but also have the opportunity to speak in the green room. Right. Yeah, so that's, so that's, what, that's a mind shift that I give people. Uh, not only you know, listeners and downloads, not only vanity metrics, but misleading metrics. So mm. if you look at getting that as a result rather than a goal, when you do things like using your podcast as your networking client attraction and celebrity expert branding tool, when you use it as a way of propagating your content to both search and human eyes, the listeners and downloads happen as a result over time. As you put out more interesting content, you get more people buzzing about your show and more people tuning in. So those are the things you seek, attract, and set as goals. The result will be more people will be tuning in and even downloading over time. You mean you can't just like throw one episode out and say, this is going to go viral and, and suddenly cash in? Oh, uh, okay. Now, now, we're speaking, <laughs> now we're speaking of celebrity, of uh, getting a celebrity or an influencer and interviewing mm-hmm. them. Okay, I have seen lots of statistics from lots of shows, and I can tell you some of this stuff has absolutely no rhyme or reason. I have seen podcasters who booked that amazing influencer guest who has 5 million social media followers, uh, a verified email list of 483,000 with a 97% open rate. I'm just making this up at this point. but mm-hmm. uh, uh, And they're thinking, this is the one I'm going to cash in on. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to statistics, and you see it got 95 listens. However, they also interviewed this up-and-comer who's uh, been in the podcasting game for about three months, and this might be about their eighth interview. Mm-hmm. Looks like they put up a Facebook page the other day. Looks like they got a group going on LinkedIn. has got about 23 members so far. And that's the episode that gets 1,200 listens. Yes. It's funny how this works. Yep. It's to the point, and I don't want to be oversimplistic about this, where even attempting to make rhyme or reason out of it at a surface level is a futile thing to even consider. If you're going to look at that, what you want to do is you want to see the trends of, okay, this episode did really well. This episode did really well. This episode did really well. What do they have in common? These three episodes didn't do so hot. What did they have in common? And you look at everything from the title to the description to who the guests were to anything you can get about the guest audience to the content and the style of the interviews themselves. And you go through several different layers and you may eventually establish the trends that help you put out consistently episodes that may or may not do better as a whole. But the thing is, once again, listener and download stats, vanity and can be misleading. Yeah. And in with regard to people that are kind of newer to podcasting, and, and I've heard different numbers thrown about, and I, I know the number that yeah. one of my coaches and mentors said, what is the average number of episodes that somebody will do on their podcast that they were all excited about before they bag it and just fold up the tents and go away? I've heard different numbers on this. I've heard anywhere from three to 10. Yep. That's, that's the range that I heard was three to eight. Yeah. Yeah, my, uh, yeah, I, my mentor said, he goes, brother, he goes, most people don't make it out of single digits. He goes, so you've yeah. done hundreds. He goes, you're okay. Here, here's, and, and I've spoken with some of those folks who did the three episode podcast and then it died confidentially. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, just out of a place of genuine curiosity saying, hey, you got this podcast started. Why didn't you continue it? They got bogged down in equipment and editing are the two most common trends of why they gave up on it. And this is where the reach system comes in to help because as far as equipment, we provide resources within our system for how to set up your equipment that do not get into $25,000. They more get into like $200. Cause you can do great. Cause with the technology that is out there today, you can have an incredibly good look and feel for just a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's the first item. And as far as editing, we have what's known as the pre-editing process. It's a combination of mindsets and interview tactics that render a higher quality raw recording. And when you go into it, the mindset that you're really not planning to edit it, funny how you find yourself not really needing to. Yeah. Isn't that amazing when you don't just keep going, okay, wait, I want to read you. Okay, fix that. Yeah. Okay, this. And then you got a, a, a list of notes and times and arrows and cuss words in the margins on your notes that you have to go back when, if you just, like you said, go into this with the mindset that you're not going to edit, you're going to free flow. It's going to come right out of you as it is supposed to sound perfect. Right. Imperfect is, is the way I just go in every time when the mic goes on. If I get a pause, if I miss a word, I just breathe and I just keep going. I've goofed up a couple words here and that's how it is. Like if you and I were sitting out on the porch, uh, just having a cigar or a beer or whatever it is we're having, this is how we'd speak. Exactly. And for our listener, this is the type of conversation that'd be joining us for. This yeah. is how real people do it. Furthermore, whether or not you have a cuss word or anything, that's also part of the reach system is a diagnostic process to determine whether or not you should. Maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. It just all depends mm-hmm. on things like your audience avatar, your guest avatar, uh, what type of energy you're looking to bring into your business. And part of that could even reflect on how you combine your podcast with your client attraction strategy. If you're the type of person that might occasionally say a bad word, (laughs) you probably do not want to attract too many people that are going to struggle if you say, damn it, that sun's a little too warm today. Yeah. See what I mean? Oh, completely. Uh-huh. And, and I've had guests who's, who's their client avatar is, you know, they're a little more rougher on the edges, a little more direct, yep. a little more straightforward. I mean, you know, some of these guys that done time in, time in prison, they're covered in tats uh-huh. and they're not all vanilla and rainbows and glitter. But right. every single time they've come on my show, when we're in the green room prior to going on, they'll say, hey, look, you know what I'm all about. What's your audience? Because I want to make sure that this is going to work. And I am always so blown away by the respect. Right. So, And for people listening right now, I want you to know, if you're going to be a guest on somebody else's show, that's a really good mindset to go in with. Yeah. Is is to find that common ground and say, hey, look, how can we best marry our messages and styles Uh to get the biggest impact out of this so that people will walk away encouraged, enlightened, maybe want to listen to more down the line. Yeah, this brings up another point. Uh, what Another thing I hear is that folks say, well, what do I need to have a podcast for? I'll just guess on other people's. Okay, that's well and good. And you can get a lot of clients that way. You can uh, establish a lot of celebrity expert branding that way. That's great. But the interesting thing is, is when you have your own podcast, you're more likely to get booked on other people's shows. First mm-hmm. of all, it's reciprocity. One good turn does another. And another part of it is, if you've taken those steps to invest in your media presence 
it carries with it a certain cachet and a certain assumption, a reputation that precedes you that you'd be a great guest because after all, you have a show. You probably have a good following because after all, you have a show. So think of it as when you wear, if let's say a salesperson goes into a presentation and they wear a really, really, really nice suit that conveys affluence, that conveys success. Uh, one of the sayings I hear in the sales industry is you want to dress in such a way where your outfit speaks several sentences you don't have to. Mm, that's, what a, that's what a podcast can do for you by hosting one if you'd like to be a guest on more. Just the fact that you have one speaks several sentences about your perceived abilities as a guest, your perceived professionalism, your perceived ability to deliver great content, and your perceived following that could be a benefit to your host. I like that. And it's funny that you say that the way you just said it. Uh, I just got booked on a show over in the UK um, early in the morning next week because I'm five hours behind them. And the gentleman said, oh, I've done thousands of these. We'll be all set. I'll get you through it. And I said, I didn't share a lot of my background. I said, I was on the radio for 10 years, did stand-up comedy for seven, been a professional speaker for 17. He goes, oh, we're going to have fun. (laughs) He goes, we are going to, I said, brother, I, I already know, and it's a brief podcast. I said, I already know we are going to be bouncing the energy. We're, we're 5,000 miles yeah. apart. I said, we're going to be right there, and this is going to be epic. And he was laughing. He goes, oh, good, because some people I really have to drag it out of them <laughs> because they're so intimidated by that. And actually, that's that's a good thing for me to ask you. What do you suggest to people who might be intimidated by the little camera, the microphone, being on air, being recorded? Do do I really sound this way? Uh, You know, for people, especially when they're newer and a little uncomfortable and hesitant to to let their true selves out as part of your program or or something in addition, what do you recommend for these people to, to get them to get the confidence and the guts to just do one more episode and one more and one more and one more? Now we're getting into Grandma Homie's favorite word, stick-to-itiveness. Nice. One thing that will keep you doing episode after episode after episode is if you interview people. If you're doing a monologue type podcast, and I know, and I have friends who do those successfully Mm -hmm. or mix monologues in with their interview episodes. Hey, if you don't get your monologue done, eh, somebody might notice, but oh well. But if you have an interview schedule and you don't show up for that, now we're talking about your, your reputation. Now we're talking about your future client relationships. So you'll show up for that. So if anything having to do with stick to it, and this is an issue, interview people. That will keep you going, and that will build the foundation for your action habit. Now, the other thing, as far as whether or not you make a mistake, well, make some mistakes. You'll find out it's not that big a deal. Yep. I've, I've made a couple whoppers in my eight years as a host of a show. And you know, what do you do? What do you do? You spin, you spin around, you boldly acknowledge it, and use it as a teaching lesson. Sometimes in my travels, I tell stories about things that I've inadvertently and in one cases advertently done that were, shall we say, not my finest hour. Not exactly things that, you know what I mean? Here's why I do it. Yep. As a podcast host, I am my listener's voice. They may have similar things they need to express and don't find themselves able to do it. When I jump first, they can follow, which makes me an influencer. And because I can share my story and I can frame that with the lessons I learned from it. So I'm not saying, oh, man, I was such a 
I was such a tough guy or, or I was, oh man, I really laid it out there. Okay, that's all well and good. But the point is not to show how big and bad I am. The point is to illustrate that, yeah, these are potential human reactions. And what I discovered about it is I thought I knew everything about X, but it just goes to show that continuous learning is a real thing that we should embrace. And by me telling my story, if I can help somebody else move one step along their journey, the easy way, then I paid it forward. Yeah. But as their voice, if I express it, if I take it on myself, if I expose myself to that hit, I create a space for them to be able to take that step without having to do likewise. Yeah. Which means I empower them to move forward. I love that because then it comes down to the, well, hey, if he did it, you know, I can do it. What am I so afraid of? He already did it. He took the hit. It's not going to be as bad for me Yeah, because I just, I I just plug myself into what he did and how he reacted, responded and moved on. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're like, uh, stunt doubles or crash test dummies depending Uh on how bad it is. Um, yeah. And, and I get that from people as well. Like, Oh, Steve, how did you know I needed to hear this today? I was worried about this, but after I heard what you went through, <laughs> I know, you know, they go out there it's and like, they go, well, at least like, I know how to react to it's it. It's like, boy, I screwed it. I, I thought I really screwed that up. And then I saw what Adam did and I saw what Steve did. It's like, Oh, Oh, that's nothing. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And, and so by doing so we rise others up. And one of my favorite sayings, Steve, Mm-hmm. Is a rising tide boys all ships. Yes. Love that one. And it is so true. And I don't mind being the sacrificial anything because, you know, one of my favorite sayings is that which doesn't kill me gives me a great story to share on stage. Yes. Or yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about right here. Yeah. I love that. Now, how can people learn more about the REACH program? Because, I mean, I love everything we've said here, but I do want to get to your books as well. So how can people learn more about the REACH program? Well, that's really simple. There's a real easy place to find it. The REACH system can be located at www.thereachsystem.com. There you can discover podcast REACH, the foundations of the REACH philosophy, and more. Also, I would encourage your listeners, if they are podcast hosts, guests, or interested in becoming either, to check out our discussion group, go to www.everythingpodcasting.group. I'll say that one more time, www.everythingpodcasting.group. .com is being held by a domain broker, so I have .group. So I did want to talk about your books. because I love the title of this book. Explain to me why Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. I love that title, by the way. Okay, so I have the book here, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. I had designed the basic content of this book, and it dealt with a few different areas, mindset, prospect attraction, uh, how to help your team render better customer service, how to transform purchasers into customers, neuro-linguistic programming, how to achieve maximum results through minimalism, which basically formed the foundation of what's known as the spring formula, which is the backbone of the book. So I had these blog posts and articles and everything that I'd written and pretty much organized into a table of contents, and I needed a theme for it. So one day I was speaking with my business coach, Captain Jim Palmer, and I made this offhand comment says, you know, for these entrepreneurs, what I've noticed is it seems like no matter how many times they have the same conversation or how many times they launch this or take this step forward or have you, at the end of the day, they're back at that same place, that same 
level of productivity, that same level of profitability or not. And it's like they're debating the same issues and they're having the same problems day after day, week after week, year after year. And just when they think they took a step forward, it circled and actually brought them a step back. It's like being in that movie Groundhog Day, except in hell. And he said, that's it. He said, he said, Groundhog Day is an event, not a marketing strategy. He said, no, business, not marketing. But okay. And that was the title. Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. So speaking of the story of the book, I can tell you one other thing about it. Sure. That conversation I just described happened about July, August, 2017. And then stuff got in the way and I got pulled away from the project. But I love that title. Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. Around January 5th, 6th, 2018, I get confronted with a decision point. Because at that point, Groundhog Day was right around the corner. What other day of the year would you release a book with that title other than Groundhog Day? Come on. Option A, wait an entire year and release it uh, for Groundhog Day 2019. Mm -hmm. Option B was do a little later in the year, but change the title of the project. I didn't like either of those options, so I took the Richard Branson option. Screw it. Let's do it. I broke every role of business book creation Mm -hmm. and had that thing saleable and ready for purchase as a Kindle or a paperback bright and early in the morning of February 2nd, 2018. Nice. Isn't it fun to break the rules sometimes? Yes. It's a blast. Yeah, and I, and you know what? I, you know, here's the funny thing. I recognized that even though I did editing on it, and I had another person read it, and I found some typos, I spell checked it 28 times. I knew there were going to be little goof ups in it. Like, for example, I know someplace it says here are the five reasons why of something, and then I list seven of them, uh, <laughs> little things like that. So, so what yeah. I did. So what I did is uh, when you get into the chapter about mindset, which has several sub stories to it. I made the very first one about white line fever, which is that phenomenon where you're driving along and 20 minutes later, you saw that you drove 20 minutes, but you have no idea how you got there. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing when it comes to typos in your copy. It's how you can have a big banner on your website that has a glaring typo and it takes a year for anybody to notice. Yeah. So So I made my very first section of the book about the fact that mistakes happen. Mm-hmm. And then I deliberately went through and I changed some of the words that were spelled correctly to spell them incorrectly. And at the end of that subsection, I invite the reader to count the number of typos and contact me with the number. So far, so far, so far, nobody has guessed it correctly. They oh all gosh. come in under. Wow. They all miss some. Okay, I got to get that to my mom because she used to call herself the ding queen because she could find typos. She could look through it speed reading and find typos. So I'm going to have to have to invest in this for mom. Here's what I want your listeners to get is Mm -hmm. that rather than worry about being perfect or, oh, goodness, what would happen if there's a typo? Uh, I actually made mistakes happen. The opening theme of the book to set the frame that. This is going to be an incredible journey, but yeah, every so often I might say there, I might say here are the following five things and then list seven of them. That's like the most glaring error that the book has. It's a very minor thing overall uh, because because these articles at one point were blog posts. They were edited then. They were uh, 
Facebook or LinkedIn post. They were edited then. So they had already been through five rounds of editing. I mean, here comes the point. Yeah. So, um, so I uh, have a friend who works for one of the major publishing companies, and he told me that he uh, had uh, acquired a copy of Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. And he said, you know, I read the first few pages, and this thing is so full of crap. You have typos like every other line. And I said, okay, you're reading the part about white line fever, correct? Yes. Did you read the entire part about white line fever? It's only about five pages. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Flip, flip. Oh, you devil. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 Oh, yeah. Been there. Been there, been there. See, my glaring error was my my first personal development book was called 20 to Life in a Good Way. It had 20 positive quotes and then calls to action, which I refer to as motivational firewood. That's my brand. Yep. I spent $1,600, had a 1,000 copies printed. It's not a big book. And was driving them home, stuck in traffic, northbound from Boston on a Friday afternoon. So I'm in gridlock. And I said, well, while I'm not moving, I'll check out my book. And I opened up the top of the thing and I go, wow, dedication, chapter one, two, three, four, five. And I get to about nine and I go, wow, there's not a lot of book left. 10, 11, 12, the end. It's supposed to be 20. Oh, I didn't check the proof completely when they said, oh, it. no. And I had a thousand copies printed. And then here I am thinking, oh my gosh, failure, this, this, this. And one of my friends, a couple of weeks later, as I'm still sulking in the ashes, said, yep. you are a genius. And I said, I don't feel like a genius. <laughs> and he <laughs> said, you have a thousand limited edition samplers and one hell of a story to share. That's just where I was going with that. I was going to, I was going to say when the correct 20 to life came out and became an international phenomenon. That'd be these thousand and only had 12 chapters in it that would yep. eventually become eBay collectibles. Yep. Limited edition sampler. And I actually only have a couple left because people used to come to speaking events and go, hey, I want to copy your book. I'm like, well, the table's right over there. Catch me afterwards during the intermission. They go, no, no, no. I don't want the full one. I want that one you screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, the legend proceeds. Yeah. The legend proceeds. So where can, uh, and I want to respect your time as we wrap it up, where can people get a hold of your book? Is that at your website as well? or is that somewhere else it has its own domain www.thegroundhogbook.com awesome and you were also a contributing author to journeys to success the millennial edition is that available on its own page as well or is that sourced uh, from amazon or where do they go for that uh well both of these both these books can be found on amazon i that i mean that's that's simple, but I can give you a url to find the journeys to success book Mm -hmm. it's www.millennial.com journeys to success.com that's millennial journeys to success.com and you can pick up a copy of that awesome now adam for anybody that might have their interest peaked to either work with you and be a part of the reach program or to just learn a bit more about podcasting or if they're even more scared now than they were when we started this conversation what's a bit <laughs> of advice that you would like to leave people Moving forward from what they've gathered here, whether they're just getting started or maybe they're seasoned, but haven't really dug deep into the mechanics and the methodologies of podcasting yet, what would you suggest for them to be a next move? I would like them to go to their favorite TV show of all time. That one that they watched when they were a kid and there were 11 seasons of it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Go back and watch the pilot episode and then the second episode 
and notice how many differences there are. Where you are right now is your pilot episode. You are just at the point where you're going to modify the set, change your theme music a little bit, and go into season one where you're going to get your awards. That is absolutely genius, and I've never yes. heard it described that way before, but yeah. that is absolutely perfect. Adam, thank you so much for being a part of the Motivational Firewood Radio Show. See, I knew the first time we spoke we were going to be friends. Oh, yeah. So that's awesome, and uh, it's been a great, great conversation, and I look forward to continuing it down the line. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm happy to come back anytime, and we'll have to have you around my place again. You got it. Thank you for listening. For more information on how you can create a more vivid, focused future with the Vision Board Mastery Program, or to invite Steve to be part of your next event, please visit motivationalfirewood.com.